Welcome to the fifth episode of season two of Our Voices Amplified, the official podcast of Kona's Blue Ridge Journal. This podcast will take you with us as we explore the 2021 virtual Kona conference. Through this podcast, delegates like you will get the chance to speak their mind on Kona-related topics and learn more about this conference and each other. My name is Cynthia Turu from the Oklahoma Delegation, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. Here we are in the week after our virtual Kona. It's been a great conference as we've heard the best and brightest share their ideas. As we log off the computer and back onto our lives, we hope you'll remember our time together and look forward to changing our world with what we've learned. First, we're gonna settle a conflict as old as time to Kona delegates. What is the name of the program that brought you here? Are you here with your state's YAG program? Or are you a part of YIG? Maybe you buck all traditions and represent YG. Why does it matter? Our correspondent, Riley Potter, finds out in our first segment today. Hello, delegates, and welcome to the highly requested segment of whether it really is YIG, YAG, or YMG. If you have been at Kona for a few years, you may have heard some pieces on this very topic, but I wanted to try to hit at it from a different angle. I wondered if any states had a financial stake in the name, such as the cost of changing all the merchandise and branding, for example. To help me answer this question, I have brought on advisor Orville Lindquist of the Minnesota Delegation. Hello there. So Orville, could you first tell us what Minnesota uses to describe youth participating in government? Uh, In Minnesota, we call it youth in government. So YIG. Indeed. Okay. And now could you explain why Minnesota has chosen to use YIG and how money is affected in that decision? We have been, we've been around for 75 years, and for about 70 of those years, we've been called youth in government. So there are some financial costs related, if we were to ever change, which we are not. Uh, Some of those are things that, like you mentioned in the introduction, around signage and the time it takes to change, you know, the letterhead and all the documents and, and, and things. So there, there are some direct costs. I think the bigger costs are indirect costs because our names are, are part of our identity. And so people, it sounds silly to say that they're connected with, with a conjunction, with a word like in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are. And so being youth in government versus youth and government versus Y and G or whatever other combination are part of people's identity. Uh, and so I think that there's some indirect costs. If we make changes, people get upset. It could affect some fundraising uh, and how alumni relate to the program. And it, it, it's less about, it so, again, it sounds silly to say, well, I won't give because they changed the name. But people are funny that way. They're humans. And they get connected to the things they get connected to. Uh, and so I think there are a lot of indirect costs that, Maybe we can't even know unless we did a change and learned the hard way. Yeah. I mean, do you ever see any confusion when you do come to Kona? I mean, we um, it's a general rule, I guess. The majority of states here are YAG. So, I mean, do you see those costs here at Kona? I don't see costs or problems. About two-thirds of the states are youth and government. About one-third are youth in government. Uh, Everybody knows the difference. Uh, 
it, it doesn't change what we do. It doesn't change who we are. It just tends to be when it gets, when people get riled up about it, it's just a controversy that doesn't really help anybody. Uh, but I don't think anyone's ever confused about or, or think that it's something different just because we have a different connecting word. Yeah. Thank you so much, Orville, for sharing. This makes it seem bigger than just a preference, you know, and I hope you are having a good Kona experience and best of luck to your delegation. Fantastic. Thanks so much. I also wanted to get some real statistics on where everyone stands in the conference as far as preferences go. So to help me, I have brought on Kaylin Kiros of Pennsylvania, who made the survey that a lot of you filled out. Kaylin, what are some of the trends we are seeing? Thank you so much, Riley. After surveying delegates on whether they preferred YAG, YIG, or YNG, we concluded that 55.6% preferred YAG, followed by 33.3% preferring YIG, and 11.1% preferring YNG. After further investigation, we determined that a large majority of southern states, such as South Carolina and Kentucky, preferred YIG, while northeastern states, such as Pennsylvania and Maryland, preferred YAG. With that, I will hand it back over to you, Riley. Thank you so much, delegates, for filling out our survey so we can get some good numbers. Now, I want to shift to the message that is technically correct. I'm about to read you the official statement from the YMCA. Quote, Youth and Government is a national program of the Y that involves thousands of teens nationwide in state-organized model government programs. End quote. Well, there you have it. The YMCA says YAG. There may still be an argument for Y and G, as the YMCA never wrote the abbreviation for youth and government. No matter what you believe, though, there is no question that we are here at Kona to improve our current society through the government. We are the future, and I don't know about you, but I am thankful that the YMCA has given youth the opportunity to participate in these programs. Again, thank you to Orville Lindquist, Kaylin Kiros, and all the delegates who participated. Happy debating, delegates! Thanks, Riley! Next, we'll check in with Anne Dwan. She's tackling another big question. How can we take our conference experience to the real world? Turns out the why of the USA has people who answer that question for a living. Let's hear from Anne as she speaks with Why USA's Derek Somerville and Devante Lacasse on how youth can best find ways to change their communities. Take it away, Anne. Tonight, I am here with the Youth Engagement Director at YUSA and his intern to discuss civic involvement and youth in advocacy. We'll be taking a deeper look into the mission of the Youth and Government Program and how you can use your voice to create change. Please welcome Derek Somerville and Devontae Lacasse. My first question for you two today is, what is your role at the Y like? I've heard a lot of things about the different tasks you do in your position, so can you please go into a little more detail about that? My role is Director of Youth Engagement um, at YMCA of the USA. Uh, it's a new role at YMCA of the USA. It, you know, I started in it about a month and a half ago. It, YMCA of the USA has two offices, one in Chicago and one in DC. And the team in DC uh, works on government relations. So all of our advocacy work, um, helping resource all of our local wise, uh, that all of our um, state alliances, which are all of our local wise that mobilize together to do state advocacy. So they advocate with their state governments. And then we in DC here lead our national advocacy. So all of the federal legislative priorities. Um, so what my job entails is really three, is really four things. One, uh, engaging young people in, our, in the wise advocacy structure, making sure that we are putting youth voice front and center in the work that we do. 
Um, two, ensuring that um, uh, youth are seen as partners and that we and that we develop relationships with other partner organizations, uh, donors, uh, funders, and public officials who want to engage our young people in opportunities, both on the national and local and state levels. Um, ensuring equity, making sure that all of our programs, all of our youth engagement strategies keep equity in mind to ensure that opportunity for young people in the Y isn't just limited to zip code or a certain school or a certain neighborhood or just those areas that have a YMCA. How do we broaden the scope of students that can be uh, part of the YMCA structure? And then finally, uh, increasing youth voice in the YMCA. So getting more young people on YMCA boards, getting more young people helping determine the future of the Y. Right now, the Y is very service oriented, meaning we, we serve, we provide young people a service. What we wanna do is change that so young people are part of us helping serve the communities so that we're actually inviting them in and working with them to lead rather than just providing them a service. You know, youth in government is a service we provide. What we want to do is kind of flip the script and say, actually, how can we incorporate young people's voices into the wise structure so that they are helping us serve the community and, and, and their voices are dictating our strategy rather than us just being a service provider? Thank you. To follow that question, as people who are very involved in our community, what do you think you want to see more from students in YAG who are invested in advocacy and are trying to get their voices heard? So one of the culture changes that I think we need to make in youth and government um, is this program is, is very focused right now on the internal experience, meaning we are, if you come into youth and government, we are all about writing a bill, going to a conference, and the experience you have in your programs. The problem with that approach is it doesn't actually, the civic health of your school and community in a way that it needs to. So what I think we should be doing more of is instead of youth and government being solely focused on your experience, we need to find ways to focus outward and use youth and government as a center of gravity to improve the civic health of our schools and communities. And that means that a lot more of our energy, rather than just being devoted to your conference, but a lot of what we need to be doing is, since our students are some of the more civically engaged students, engaged students, we need to focus more on not so much recruiting young people to join youth and government, because at a certain point, some people just don't want to be involved in that. But what we need to do is a better job of, of getting them at least more aware and more slightly engaged in the civic process because that's what we're not doing. So that's really one thing that I'm that I'm going to work on in this role is helping youth and government programs better serve as agents of civic health in their schools and communities rather than just a program. Thanks. I definitely agree that youth engagement is important for a program moving forward. But can you elaborate on the idea of civic health and what civic health really means? Yeah, so civic health is actually a term that's defined by the National Conference on Citizenship. So when we talk about civic health, what we're talking about is um, how well a community can organize itself to define and address a problem. And if, if only a piece of that community is taking part in that, or if that process doesn't even get or doesn't include young people, then the civic health isn't as strong as it could be. Um, so that's that's how to think about that term. Um, civic engagement can mean a lot of things. I think a lot of people think it means, you know, turning out to vote, which it certainly does. We want to encourage young people to vote. Um, and we want to encourage lifelong voting habits. But there are lots of people in this country who can't vote. Uh, not because they are, um, you know, there's nothing anything wrong, but because they're not citizens um, or because they weren't, you know, because they're, they're from families that are out of, they're, they're not, they're immigrants. 
Uh, we have young people can't vote under the, you know, most people in the government can't vote. Um, and then lots of folks aren't registered or don't want to vote. So there's a lot of ways for us to think about civic engagement in ways that aren't just defined by the ballot box. One of the things that, uh, you know, we, we just completed a census. Uh, so that's always one of the ways that we, you know, encourage people to, um, to think, think more broadly about how civics is defined, but also, you know, what, what role do you play in your community? How many young people have been to a school board meeting? And that is, again, one thing. It's great to write a youth and government bill. How many people have taken that bill and brought it to their state legislators, right? So many youth and government ideas stop at the door of your state conference. We need to bring them into the door of your local state legislator's office. Thank you for the explanation. So for our final question, looking beyond YAG and Kona, how do you think students can utilize their resources digitally and in their communities to really make a change? Yeah, uh, at least on the digital front, I always like, we always think of like the digital as like social like awareness, like on issues. I feel like the digital space has always been like for awareness on issues, but like not the awareness on the platforms or the necessary steps that could be taken to change those issues. He was elaborating a little bit on a school board. And sometimes like you see a social media post around like a certain issue, but you don't say like what you could do to do uh, X, Y, Z rather than just raising funds or donating to a really big like um PAC or organizations such as like the Sunrise Movement, um, at least for like climate change, if you want to do climate change, but like go on the local level, there's a bunch of ways that you can get civically engaged in that. I think that is something that the digital space needs to take more advantage of whenever we're talking about engagement. So we, if, if, if there is a lack of digital engagement on, on, on more institutional things, there is an oversaturation of digital engagement in young people, whereas they think they're doing a lot, but it's not actually getting anything done. There's a lot of noise. Um, you know, we, we, the phrase that we use in, in political word is Twitter isn't real life, right? Snapchat isn't real life. Instagram isn't real life. There's a, like, you are finding a hyper, hyper passionate group of people that way, but you don't actually represent a lot. You know, you're not actually representative of even all the youth voices in your own community. So what you need to do is, is it's fine to be in those spaces. I want you to keep doing that. We want, we want to keep growing that, but you need to unplug for a second and go, go more on the ground level. Start at your school, right? Like think about, think about ways that whatever issue you're passionate about, how can it be brought to the most local level? What small, you know, the change is so hard to make that sometimes the, the first step is figuring out how to solve it at the most local level. And that could be your family. Right, that can be your family. It can be your it can be your neighborhood. It can be your school. It can be your classroom. It can be your youth and government delegation. You know, one of the one of the biggest issues that young people have is racial equity and justice. Right, without a doubt, that is right now one of the biggest priorities. What I don't see is racial is 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 youth and government students trying to solve that issue within their own delegations. Um, we have a lot of school-based youth and government programs. Um, schools by no fault of the students, um, end, up being, end up being communities that get resegregated. They, you know, whether it's tracking because there are gifted programs or different, different institutions, youth and government often gets um, kind of siloed in different student communities. And we don't reach students in certain, in certain parts of the school because students don't actually talk to each other. And that's a function of what classes they're in. It's a function of what hallways they go down. So it's not, it's not something that it's anyone's fault. 
I don't, you know, no one can be blamed for this, but it's something that you actively have to work to fix. And rather than it's okay to, to think and talk and activate for the bigger trends, but the way you solve that is by think, fix, fixing something as, as, as simple as that. Uh, and that can be hard, right? It means going out of your comfort zone. It means changing the culture of your school. It means um, breaking down a lot of the um, silos that have been built by your educational experience and you didn't even know it. So the first thing, if someone wanted to ask me, what, what could I do to help racial equity? That'd be my first priority is expanding, this, expanding the opportunity and access to youth and government in your own school and community. Um, and that would transform what we do and also get, give us a larger platform to make the changes you wanna do because you're interacting with them more and they get the tools that youth and government provides. Um, so I think that's the, you know, digital is great and you can use digital tools to accomplish those ends. Um, but if you're not starting there, uh, then you're jumping a couple steps ahead. And I think that's, that's a function of, you know, that's, it's a natural impulse, even here, even when we're here in DC, right? We always like, there's gotta be a bill or there's gotta be a policy change. There's gotta be something when a lot of us have to think back to the most basic things. Um, and that's not something that DC or state governments are good at, but it's something that young people can be good at. I think just from like an example, because I was interviewing a lot of people that are in youth board or youth board members, and they're like actually like I feel like one of the best examples for people who are on civic engagement. Um, I remember there was one interview, Justine, that um, stuck out with me, and she was talking about um, her issue specifically was food security and obesity and how um, a lot of food insecurity, um, like people that are poor and don't have access to nutritional food, um, are usually the ones that are more prone to having obesity, diabetes, other health problems like that. And um, something that she quote, um, she said that really stuck with me was that uh, young people could actually make a difference, uh, not maybe in the whole world, but in their world. And I think that's what matters. And I think that's just, uh, she was very cognizant of the fact that even though we may not be able to change everything that's around us, if we could change the things that surround us just at the most local level, uh, whether it's our friends, family, or just the community members that we interact with every day, um, you're still making a difference and it's the one that really matters because if you have everybody um, doing a little bit just to change their local community, then um, that aggregates to a much larger level that um, is very visible for a bunch of people. So I think that's something that's also very important. Thank you so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure to have you two on today. For any seniors who may be interested, YUSA offers internships, including virtual opportunities, that will begin opening this fall. For further information, contact Derek.Somerville at ymca.net. That is D-E-R-E-K dot S-U-M-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E at ymca.net. Once again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Anne, Derek, and Devante. Well, that's it for episode five. And unfortunately, that's it for season two of Our Voices Amplified from the Blue Ridge Journal. We hope you've enjoyed everything the Blue Ridge Journal has to offer this season and hope that you'll join us next year, whether we're on the mountain or off. As always, remember to head over to our website at ymcacona.org and click the media tab to look at our famous blog, read our amazing articles, witness some crazy good graphics, catch our mind-boggling videos, and of course, never miss an episode of the Blue Ridge Journal's official podcast, Our Voices Amplified. Thank you so much for listening and keep raising those voices, Kona Delegates.